Well then, lads, how are we? Jimmy Jimmy Mac fresh with a new microphone set up. Go on, lad, give us a little look there. Look at this. <laughs> Looking like the professional there, lad. Amazon, isn't it? Looking, what's his name sorting me out? Growing up in the world. And Tank, we, we are hopefully going to be able to hear you this week, mate. You're in new surroundings. You look great. Do you sound great? I should do, mate. Yeah, I've robbed oh, Millie's uh, laptop. Oh, 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 Everything's look good. At this. Do not move. Everything is yeah, good. Nothing can go wrong. <laughs> uh, actually, I have to uh, call it out. Uh, Tank, you were insistent on some Love Island chat tonight. In fact, not to quote you here, mate, you said it's the greatest show in the world. Uh, to paraphrase you, you're enjoying it then, mate. Yeah, you've missed out bar none at the end of it. <laughs> it's a, Do you know it's, what, it's, mate? It's as, as long as it's I've known you, as long as I've known you, if you were to if you were to make a wild assumption about you, you loving Love Island would not be nah. something that I would ever think would be a thing. But it really I is. I think Tank loves it. He loves it because I've seen his toes. He gets manicures and pedicures, so he's right <laughs> up there. <lad. laughs> Do you know what? It's mad you should say that because my miss actually said to me about my toes before the disgusting they need creamer. And then I was like, Jimmy, Jimmy said the nicest that he what are you talking about? Absolutely beautiful toes. No, Love Island. I got into Love Island about four years ago, and my daughter was saying, You have to watch it. And I was like, I'm not watching it. Look at the state of them. And then I watched it and it was like, in you know, to myself, I was like, This is incredible television. And since then, <laughs> I mean it's awful. It's awfully you can't it, not watching it. Not watch you it. Like... Listen, Jamie, who's saying he's never watched it before, I seen one of his answers on Twitter before in mad detail about Andrew. Was, and I'm yeah. like, this fella says he doesn't watch <laughs> it. <laughs> oh, no, I've never said that. No, shout out to Murph who asked me the Love Island question because when I put the tweet out, I was like kind of joking, but I wasn't. So I was like, look, you can, we'll answer anything that you send us, yeah. even Love Island. And I was hoping someone would send one in. But um, no, I, mate, I love Love Island. I think it's great TV. Um, I'll talk about it as, as much as you lads want to. We, like me and the missus will sit down and there's a couple of, for, for those that don't, Watch Love Island. I will show up in a sec, but there was a moment there the other day. You two probably were laughing at it as well when this lad was trying to explain how he cheated on his missus, and he's like, "I just, you know, I just, I might have licked a tit." I licked a tit. <laughs> yeah, that went down well in Adam's. No, how can yeah, you not was... know whether you've got a tit in your mouth? It's like yeah. it's a tit. It's in my mouth. Well, I might have. It might be, and it might not be. Ah, you never know. I fell in love he must have known when he said that sentence that the, the whole of the UK is watching him. And after lads are oh, going, mate, oh what have God. you just said there, you tits? <laughs> you tits, literally. Uh, so so to, to the football, right? So we've got a good few topics to get to. We've had loads of listeners' questions come in, which which I absolutely love. Um, so I want to start on something that broke today. And, and this guy's probably got a little bit of coverage from us over, over recent weeks. But it's quite a big news story in that. Yeah, and we've spoke about United quite a bit, actually. Um, Ten Hag come out today and has been, I suppose, much focus on who he was going to pick as captain uh, for Manchester United. Um, I was of the thinking that, that Maguire would benefit from not being captain. Uh, it just feels like it's uh, weight's a little heavy for him to carry, especially when he's, he's going through a rough um, time in terms of form. Tank, the news has come out today that uh, that Ten Hag has appointed Maguire as his captain, sees no reason to change it, uh, said that he's had a lot of success, which is, you know, uh, a dubious statement to make. You surprised that Maguire's held on to the captaincy there? No. Not surprised. Is it the right decision? 
not too sure. Surprised? No. I think uh, Ali Maguire's had a really tough time since his move at Man United. It's not been a great success. He looks shot to pieces uh, confidence-wise. Um, and I think that would be the straw what broke the camel's back, back if he lost the captaincy this season. I think that would be that would just ruin him completely confidence-wise. And I don't think that's an ideal scenario for a manager, a new manager coming into Man United looking to try and hit the ground running. They, they need players, we know that. But um, Harry Maguire is better than what he's been shown at Man United. And I just think if they took the captain's armband off him uh, at this stage of his career with a new manager coming in, that could that could sink him. Where are you with this one, Jim? I'm with Tank, to be honest with you. I don't think getting... Well, the, the question that I asked you guys was, who else is there? Uh, that you could give it to. So um, what I think will happen is, and and I think the, this has been done on in and around the ground and training ground and stuff. Don't forget Harry Maguire is a big character probably in the dressing room. I don't think he'll play as much this year if they do sign a centre-back. Um, and I think he'll be like club captain, but De Gea will be match day captain or someone else will be match day captain, but he'll still be the club captain in inverted commas. But that's Do you think all... his place is at risk, Jim? Yeah, I think if they buy another, if they buy another centre half and he starts how he carried on last year, then yeah, I think I think that they will look at <clears throat> chopping and changing and and try and find their their best pairing. So whether that's Baye and a n other, that means obviously he's not on the pitch, so he can't be captain. I think it's more of a like like Tank says, if you get if you get get rid of it now, he, he'll be gone and and. You're never coming back from that. But if you give him six months and he and he pulls it through, at least then you can use um, you know the, the, his performances as an excuse to 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 sort of take it away and say that you know he needs to concentrate on playing as opposed to being captain. Tank, how have you found it? I suppose with 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 the captain season, the captains you've had over the years, um, is it an extra weight on players? Like what, or is that sort of role as captain kind of evolved now in the modern game? Do you think there's less of a focus on captains, or do you still think they're as kind of powerful and as, as dominant as ever? I play one of the best captains. I personally think that, in, certainly in my career, in uh, Colin Cooper. Um, and he was only, I think it was two and a half seasons to play him, but he was a proper. Do you remember him, the centre half? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah. short up by his nipples. I yeah, never had his shirt on he go he, on to he was, uh, Middlesbrough as well. Was it yeah, he did. Yeah. He did. Yeah. Now he was. He he wasn't a shouter and screamer. I mean, look, he, he he was vocal, but he was just like he was an organizer. And you know, back then in the Forest, I was only young. Andy Johnson was young, and we used to fuck about. But we'd also know that you know you couldn't really fuck about. There's with a line. Yeah, yeah, he was the only one who never like fucking done anything to. But <laughs> it was his performance and training. His, he trained how we played and. He was tough and he was vocal and he demanded certain standards and the way he carried himself. Coops was like a proper captain. And then you know if there was, if there was where the players had, there were not not nights out like where there was functions with where you're going out with your wives and that he was organised and everything. You be for them, you're here for them. He all done the tickets and everything and everything was kind of organised. And Coops for me was the best captain I, I, I certainly played. And then when I went to Leicester with Matty Elliott, he was another one. Big imposing character who you know uh, trained how we played and you know they, they they were really good captains. But I'm not. You see, Jordan Henderson comes across like that, like as the standard setters in training and mm -hmm. everything. Um, 
But I'm with Jimmy. I'm looking at that Man United side, and I'm like, well, who else? I don't like a goalkeeper as captain. I, I don't. No. I think you need someone centrally use. You know, I just think a, a goalkeeper for me shouldn't be captain on the pitch. Um, there was one name that was thrown uh, thrown about. Uh, thank you, mate, Bruno. Um, you wouldn't have him as captain, no. Mate, I wouldn't have him on the fucking pitch. <laughs> so, you know, you're playing with t- ten man Bruno. So no, you, you, a captain's got you've, a captain's got to be someone who, who you know who's doing the hard yards, who's putting the effort in and demanded. How can Bruno demand people to work around him when he doesn't try a leg himself? He only comes alive when he's got the ball at his feet. Well, that was the, when Tank was saying there, Jim, about you know captains being the uh, standard setter. Harry Maguire has been setting awful standards for Man United across the course of the last year or so. So I, I just find it, it's a mad one. I know what I mean. The manager's kind of caught Max between a rock and a hard now, place. But he's, he's caught between a rock and a hard place in that he nearly has to stick with him in, in a way. Like we said there, there's not like there's any outstanding candidates. I, I wouldn't be a fan of Fernandez throwing his arms around and petulance rolling around on the floor. I think he, he says, sets all the wrong standards. But then you're looking at it going, well, maybe if he brought in a new player who he, he makes his his leader, but he's not in the door yet. So, he's, no. he, you know what I mean? He, he's had to make a decision. But I, I, you can't say that Maguire's been setting setting good standards. Not on match day, but um, as Tank said, it's an all-round. It's, it, it's, it's evolved now as captain before. You know, yeah, you might organise, but there's all the, you know, the, the in the community stuff and, you know, the charity side and rallying the... Um, you know, rallying the players up and, and in and around training and and driving that forward. Um, I think from a from a playing point of view, that captaincy's evolved more now because the um, of what's involved within football. So you know, before you you wouldn't have the the value of the the clubs and the players as you did now. So. Yeah, I think I think it's what like you 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 hit the nail on the head. He's got he's got no other choice, so it's probably a blessing in disguise. But if you bring someone in and and Harry Maguire carries on as he is, you can bet your bottom dollar his numbers is is you know his his number will be punched. So yeah, you know, it's, you know, it's, I'm it's, not thinking that's a thing to do with the uh, the club as well, like the hierarchy as well, Jamie. You know, because when when sense. you look, it, it, well, he's an investment, isn't he, Harry Maguire? You know, these money men look at these players as investments as much as anything. He's an eighty-five million pounds investment. He's on fortunes a week, and it's kind of like you know, if you're sat down with a CEO and it's kind of like you need to, you need to get him. They want to better. recoup his value. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because you know, if you, if he goes in and has another poor season, he's lost the captaincy. He's had another poor season, a bang average season. He's got a year left in his contract. You're looking to get about two, three million quid for him going back to Hollow somewhere. Well, is, is it is it not a difficult one as well? I suppose because there, there is it's nearly like damage limitation at this stage. I think a little bit, but I, I I agree with you. I think that there is definitely a better player than what's been shown. I just don't think the yeah. systems. Everything's gone against him. We've said it. We've said it at length. Is this though not a not a difficult one for Ten Hag? Because it's fair to say that a lot of Man United fans are not big supporters of Harry Maguire and it's totally understandable why a lot of fans look for scapegoats. He seems like a big. Well, he hasn't helped himself, but he's certainly not a, a fan favourite. Does this kind of put Ten Hag on a bit of a backward foot with some of the fans in that they're probably looking at this going, what the fuck is he picking him for? And that's you, Tank. <laughs> yeah, sorry for, sorry for me. I think it's a, I, I personally think this is... It's, it's hard because I'm kind of contradicting myself because I think it's difficult for him to come in and just go right swoop. But 
if you want a manager to come in and make them swooping changes at, at United, what's needed, that would have been that swooping statement to say, thank you, no thank you. This is what I'm going, this is the route I'm going. I'm signing this, do you want the lad from um, Ajax to centre half? I've got Varane and that's what I'm going to go with. Now, that would have, for me, that would have been a statement where every fan, football fan, and every man you fan would have gone and gone, wow. This fella means business. business. He he, he means business. Similar to what Jürgen Klopp done when he come in, was it Benteke? Yeah. Was it Benteke? When he just went, you're not for me, bang, off you go. That's an easy decision though, isn't it? Not really, mate. No, he was a thirty-five million pound sign, and I mean, you're talking like five or six years ago. Big money, mm. big money, big player. He's come in. He's just gone. You're not for me. You don't fit the project or the way I'm going to play. Off you go, Joe Hart, England's number one, one of the best goalkeepers in the world at the time. Not great with his feet. Off you go. You won't be playing for me. Two massive decisions, and maybe Ten Hag should have went the way. Yeah. You don't agree, Jim? I don't agree. No, I think. I think. Um, I don't think the United fans are. I, don't get me wrong; they're not. They're not, you know, enamoured with Maguire's performances over the last year. But you know, as we said on many of the podcasts, he's not the only one. But he seen because his mistakes are they're more comical as opposed to you know they they they're highlighted more because he just he's running around like a headless chicken. But there's other people that are on the same sort of level who are making the same sort of mistakes. Um, so to go in there and go, you know, sweep it all gone, I think I think the United fans would have gone, hang on a minute, like, I get what he's trying to do, but, you know, we, but again, it's all hearsay, isn't it? We don't know. We don't know if he had someone else in, he probably would have changed it, but he's literally got, I don't think he's got no choice at this moment in time. And he, he might be struggling to bring someone in to, to replace him. See, it, it, it could be a case of, and J- Jimmy touched on it there, managers have to play the game a little bit and there's another manager that's come out today and, and I, I think probably played the game a little bit maybe um, in the Jurgen Klopp has, has been very direct in his response to what Liverpool, a lot of Liverpool fans believe that they need a new centre midfielder. Now, this is Liverpool need a new centre midfielder um, when they currently have nine centre midfielders on the books. Um, and Jurgen Klopp kind of come out today and was nearly a little bullish towards fans that believe Liverpool need a, a, an extra midfielder. Um, he listed the players that are going to be fighting out for that position and kind of said, you name me what type of midfielder we lack. Um, you know, and I think from his perspective, he genuinely believes this. I think he sees it as an opportunity to to sort of bridge um, or, or blood the youngsters. Harvey Elliott, I think he has big hopes for. They've got the lad in from Fulham, Carvalho, which looks a massive prospect. Tank, do you believe what Klopp's saying here, knowing that he'd already tried to make a bid for uh, Tuachemi, who, who went to, to Real Madrid? No, he's probably playing a little bit. You know, he's being cute, isn't he? You know, he knows you're not going to get a centre midfield in this season. Um, so he's kind of like, you know, players watch managers' press conferences. That's a fact. So if you're Harvey Elliott and you're Cavallio now and you're thinking, wow, the manager's telling me that I've, I've got to do what I've got to do and I'll get my chance. And he's actually quoted saying he doesn't want to block their path to the first team. Um, Harvey Elliott's meant to be absolutely flying. There's some, you know, rave reviews coming out of him from training camps that he's... And I I think we'll change formation this season um, for that reason. I think he was desperate for the midfielder, desperate to sign a midfielder. But with Mane going, and because they brought Diaz supposedly six months in early, 
the hands are tied. Our owners don't go out and, you know, they won't find an extra 60, 70, 80 million for the player. Um, so I think his hands are tied and he's kind of just come out and, you know, he's bigging up the youngsters. And I think it'll result in a day formation change. You think they'll move to the 4-2-3-1? I do, yeah. And I'm half excited to see that because I've spoken about a few times on this podcast about the kid from Fulham. I think he's an absolute potential superstar. He's he has got the lot. He you know, he's nineteen years of age. Um he was a massive, massive part of that Fulham uh, team, what basically pissed the championship last season, which is a difficult thing to do. That's the most difficult league in football to get out of. Uh and he was, you know, he was the standout Fulham player ahead of Mitrovic, who scored all the goals. You know, this kid was supplying everything for them. Jim, you, we, we kind of touched on the potential because the reason that this story has come out is is obviously because um, Jude Bellingham has been heavily linked with Liverpool for a long time now. Tank touched on it there that, and he's he's been vocal with, with me in, in private but also on podcasts about FSG's reluctance to, to spend in, in certain circumstances. You're not buying for one second, Jim, that Liverpool are, are, are after Bellingham or, or in with Don't a shot of getting him. probably after him. <laughs> I think <laughs> yeah. the whole world would be after him but whether you're going to get him or not would remain to be seen. I, listen, I don't. Th- I think someone would get shot if in Dortmund if they sold Haaland and Bellingham in one summer. They haven't won the league since 2012. They've got young, good talent coming. You've been through. doing research there, Jim. Yeah, this is for uh, this is for <laughs> this 2012. Yeah, 2012. This <laughs> well, my point is like, and and so if they sold their top goal scorer for the last four seasons as well as their best midfielder. You know that's not going to happen. I'm not saying that Bellingham won't ever go to New uh, to Liverpool. I just don't think it'll happen this season. But you know, using Tuchemeni as a as a example, I think every man and his dog would be in for him because he's just phenomenal. So I wouldn't use that bid as a oh Liverpool need a midfielder. I think that's a, a player specific opportunity worldy of a player available so I'm getting my name in and then we'll sort we'll put sort the pegs out afterwards and yeah, I think I, it's probably just a speculate speculative bid just on the off chance that you get him and you, you build your team around him for the next 15 years yeah I actually think you're right there in that Liverpool had a price for, for to uh, how do you say his name there Jim I'm it's struggling it. yeah there you go yeah. tank have a go go on <laughs> Terry. <laughs> <laughs> Terry will do. Um, but yeah, I, I think there was a price. It went over that. I think Real Madrid have paid a premium that Liverpool weren't prepared to to match. I think the, the Bellingham thing is interesting because I, I actually do think that he is the, the player the Klopp wants. And Liverpool Tank have shown that they're prepared to wait. If they believe they can get the right player, you have to think of the likes of Virgil van Dijk. Um, that he was the player they wanted. They weren't prepared to go for anyone else. They waited. That turned out all right. I get the sense that Bellingham is is that player for, for Klopp. Um, Lucas sent us in a question today um, uh, where he asked, Bellingham to Liverpool from a tactical perspective. I, I think Jimmy's probably right. It might be tough to get this deal done this year. But if you're looking at the likes of a, of a Bellingham come in, what what would he bring to a Liverpool team? And is it potentially something that they do lack? Well, I, I've, with Jimmy on this, he 110% won't be getting sold this season whatsoever. I think he'll be a Liverpool player this time next summer. Um, and... I think the kid is one of them midfield players who's got absolutely everything in his bag. There's nothing what the kid can't do. He can tackle, he can defend, he can pass, he can score, he can assist. For me, he is the overall package. If you're going to build a midfielder on a computer, 
what had everything. This kid is potentially that. I think he's that good. And I think that's the reason why Liverpool are quite happy to sit back and like they've done with Van Dijk. Um, and, you know, I think it'd be a Liverpool player next season. I think he'd be the one sign we make next season. Do you know why Bellingham wears number 22? Go on. Is this another stat player. that you found in prep? Well, well-known, but his coach, when he was younger, said he can play 4, 8 or 10. Is that good? He can play in any of them positions. So, 4, 8 and 10 equals 22. That's why he wears 22. Oh, I like it. Do you know, I'm going to steal that and pretend that I knew it and you never told it. <laughs> me. I like that one. You that one, lad. Hell you are. Yeah. Dropping knowledge there. That's it. Uh, there's, uh, there's another question all that came screens. What, What's that? Oh, <laughs> yeah, explain, explain the screens, Jim. Because how many have you got in front of you now? You've got some set up minute, I've got, I've got Like you're landing planes there. Yeah, I've got two at the minute. So one's my work laptop. I brought the iMac out just to uh, to do this podcast, to, to plug it in. And I've got my screen um, for, my, for my work laptop. And then I've got the big TV behind it. So technically, there's four. Which one do you put the red tube on, Jim? None of them. What? What's Red Tube? <laughs> Thank you. You tell him. You'll know. <laughs> it's a Liverpool <laughs> website. Let's have a look at it. <laughs> I watch all the Red fans pretending they're signing Bellingham on there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a question that came in from, from Albert, a uh, friend of the show, sent us in questions before. Um, and I want to get a couple of perspectives, very mindful of the fact that we, we try not to make this a Liverpool podcast. So I'll put a couple of different angles on this just, just for you, Jim. Uh, Pep Linders has got a book that's come out this this week or it's coming out soon, Tank, which which looks very good. I have to say, Pep Linders has always impressed me whenever whenever he's put up on kind of press conference duty. I feel like I learn a little bit about football when, when I hear him talk. Um, but Albert is a good question. Um, he said, do you think... Uh, when Klopp leaves, Pep Linders would be the man to to step into the role. I want to get your opinion on that specifically, and then maybe generally to you both in terms of the difference between managers and coaches, and and what makes a good or bad one. Categorically, zero chance of him becoming Liverpool manager after Klopp. Zero chance whatsoever. Really? Yeah. Why are you so I certain? Because I don't think he's a manager. I think he's an outstanding technical coach who spots things and notices things and relays it to the main man. Uh, and I'm not comparing, but I am comparing because the fella gets a lot of stick. But in football, in the circles, he was regarded as Steve the McLaren. outstanding coach, Steve McLaren, and he yeah. was a shite Holland manager. Well. Steve Holland. Yeah. Mm. But just he's, he's the man's a genius as a coach. You know, he's... But, for me as a manager, you need to have that little stardust, like a little, you know, the special managers like Klopp, they absorb people. And when Klopp or Pep's on an interview, you know, I, I'm like, Shh, let, let me listen. And I'm listening to, I'm hanging on every word. When I see Pep Linder on the telly, he's kind of like, he's interesting. He's just, he's not got the overall package for me. I think he's an, one of the best coaches in, in world football and he should stick that. Don't forget, he's also flopped at management. Hmm. He's yeah, also, he came back, not not back yeah. with his tail between his legs, but he, you know, it, it didn't work out for him, and then he was quickly no, back at the club. It's because it's, when I was a coach under Mickey Adams, you, your focus is to get the training sessions done, plan your training sessions, and that's it. That's what that's your role. And make you sure were number two, Tank, to Mickey. I was number and, two to Mickey Adams as assistant yeah. manager. Yeah, but then Mickey, Mickey was, you know, 
it's the it's that overall package what you've got to do. You know, you're talking with the chairman about budgets and what you've got and how much you can put and it's a you've got to get everything all together where Pep Linder for me is just he's a coach, he's an encyclopedia of knowledge about football and that's what he needs to stick to. Sometimes in life, if you if you're that good at something, just stick stick with it. Stick to it. Do you agree with that, Jim? Do you think it is a case that you know the good coaches don't always make good managers? Uh, not necessarily, but I, and I don't know Pat Linders as a person, and I don't know what his aspirations are. He probably has got manager there, but I think you need to look at it from a business point of view. Liverpool are fighting, you know, on all fronts for um, every competition with a world class manager. Are they just going to let Pat Linders walk into the manager's role with having no experience, having no you know, uh, prior knowledge to managing in the Premier League. I think if anyone thinks that that would happen, are, are very naive. Um, and you've only got to look at the... I mean, I know Moyes was managing at Everton and he did well, but, you know, with Ferguson handpicking his replacement, there's certain aspects of big club management that some people aren't used to. Um, and that's and that's what happens when when coaches move into the management roles because they're not as tank says their everyday their everyday jobs is to do the sessions you know get on with the lads and that's it you go home and you or you'll you know you'll deal with the manager the manager's got to do got to do con who's, who's is that your cock ring alan fell off <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i dropped I, this is gonna sound weird i dropped me ring there i actually did just drop <laughs> well, well then, spotted, uh, i thought i got away with it and they just kind of crossed me legs like a naughty uh, schoolboy there. <laughs> But uh, yeah, you know, you got to deal with contract negotiations, deal with the board, you got to deal with physios, you know, all that. It, it, it the, the, the job role, the, the, it just widens. So you know, it, it's not. I don't think it is that easy to step into. But look, some people can do it. Doesn't mean he won't be a good manager. I just don't think he'll be the next Liverpool manager. Tank, what, what's, what's made you've had many a run in with managers over the years, but the, the coaches specifically. You, know, you mentioned there Steve McLaren is highly regarded within the game as a, as a top coach. What's made a good coach for you and, and equally a bad one? Well, we had a co- Mickey's Mickey's assistant at Leicester was Alan Cork. And he was just like fucking, he, he was, he was, was a he Sheffield United. Yeah, the big beard and Wimbledon, the centre forwards. Yeah, yeah fucking. Mate, I am I mean, relying on my Premier League years knowledge yeah. here. Pulled that was good, that, mate. That. I didn't know who he was. Yeah, I didn't know who he He's a bet. He's a but he was one of the funniest fellas. And but he he had it off to a T. He had the he had the assistant manager off to a T because Mickey had like Mickey was hard on us. If we if we drew a game, the year we got relegated at Leicester, and then the next year we were going for the league title. And if we dropped a point on a Saturday, um, he'd he run us, he'd run us hard on a Monday, like a point's not acceptable. And he so we'd be slaughtering them. And then you know, Corky just he'd just diffuse it and like it'd just be gone and all like he'd be taking the piss and he'd slaughter some of the lads and he was just like we'd moan at him and he'd be like don't don't have a go at me I'm fucking BBB Bibs Balls and fucking what, what BBC Bibs Balls Cones Baldy Corky's Big Balls Cones that's all he ever used to say <laughs> and he'd just diffuse the situation and like you, you know you'd be going you prick and he'd be like shut up you scouts cunt this that and the other and then all of a sudden like it, but then when I look back at it now he was a clever fucker because the lads were moaning, like, and really, yeah. yeah, and he just diffused the situation like that. And he just like, get on with your running, and I'll knock two runs off the end. He was never knocking two runs off the end, but he'd just say, right, you're meant to do eight, you're doing six. Don't tell him because he'll sack me. 
And then he was just clever and he manipulated us quite well. And then Tuesday we'd be coming in, we'd be all laughing and smiling, then we'd just get on with it. And then Mickey would come out and we'd be like, little fucker. But <laughs> this, the, he's, but Corky, as a manager, would never have worked. Mm. Never have worked in a month of Sundays. He was a good coach. He was a good assistant manager. He he knew how to play the lads. And I just think it, manager, it's, a difficult, it's a difficult role managing. Mm. The, the the next topic, and I, we hummed and hard, whether to, and I'm still humming yeah. and hawing over it now. To be honest, this could this could go <laughs> absolutely see myself <laughs> out here. <laughs> this 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 could go absolutely pear shaped. Anyway, nice any- to you, lads. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's tread carefully, right? Well, actually, no, let's not tread carefully. Let's just give honest opinions, and we're not giving honest opinions in a view to offend anyone. We're just giving opinions. Um, and I'm going to start. I'm going to go to Jim first and play it a little safe. <laughs> play it a little safe. safe. And we'll build it. We're building to the. Oh, Jim, have this grenade. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there was an article that, that Tang popped into our WhatsApp uh, chat today about um, the attendances of the, the women's Euros. And it opened up an interesting conversation. And that's what we want this podcast to be is football chat, uh, people's opinions. You know, no one's claiming to be, you know, the second coming here or absolute experts. We're just three mates having a laugh, giving our opinions on football. Right. And we had a conversation then about the, the women's Euros. And it's it's an interesting topic. I, I want to know, Jim, what's been your opinions? Have you seen any of the games? Have you watched much? If yeah. you have, what have you thought? If you haven't, why haven't you? I've watched a couple of games. We had it on the other night. The um, was it the Netherlands Denmark? I think we're playing the other night. Um, I'd say your missus is a strong. She's a well. I know she's a strong woman, and she'd be a big advocate of women's sport. So probably not. She'll give you. She'll she'll be give you the same opinion of Tank. To be fair, but uh, she nah. She she she's she's an advocate for women. Of course she is, and she's a she's a sportsman herself. So. Or a sports person, should I say, uh, herself? So um, you know, she, she she's all she's all for it. But you know, having watched it, it's I struggle, and the only reason I struggle is because I'm used to what I'm watching. So when you're used to watching some at the high level, and you and you know, you, it, I'm not saying that, the, and they could probably run rings around me and you, home, or maybe not tank, but. Um, <laughs> It's it's not what I'm used to watching. So it's like you know, if I'm watching the the Masters, and then I'm watching the, the you know some amateurs down the park. Not that again, not that they are amateurs. It's it's a, just a different level. So I do struggle with it. Look, I'm I'm all for it, mate. To be honest with you, I, I'm uh, any female sport, any anything along them lines, and you know, good on them for 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 getting to where they are. Would but do I do I particularly? Set my set my TV to record it. No. Well Not played, mate. You handled you handled that well. You you tried safe. to you give it give an opinion. And then, safe. Did, did. He's come safe. <laughs> so on what that note, about, mate? what fence? What fence? <laughs> Splinters <laughs> on your ass there, Jim. I <laughs> ah, no, you did that. You did well, Tank. Um, I get the sense that you probably won't be as safe, mate. What's been your opinion on it? Shite. That's it. And it, it's nothing to do with whether you're, you're female, male, whether you're an alien, whatever. If the no, don't go down good, for, don't go down like no. genders. We're not going. We won't. No, we're not. We're not. But listen, if a, if a, if a product is good and it's, 
it's you know you're enjoying it and you think like I threw one into you before about the UFC, the women's UFC. Absolutely love it. I think it's amazing. I can't wait for that Amanda Nunes rematch because you watch the women's UFC and it's every bit as entertaining as the men's world title fight. It's brilliant. They go toe to toe. It's nearly elite. more technical. It's, it's nearly more technical. Yeah. But they, they go for each other like they stand there and they have it and it's an unbelievable. It's a product what I love to watch, and I can't mm. wait to watch it. I watched the um, I can't. I'm not going to even try and say a name. The Polish no, girl against the uh, the, oh, the actually, Chinese, yeah, it's a tough one. Chinese woman. Jo- jo- yes, <laughs> just stick with Joanna. I watched that rematch <laughs> through the weekend. Like it was unbelievable. Went toe to toe, and you're like, wow, these are elite. This is this is serious, serious. Like going for it, and they're elite. I watch women's football, and it's it's poor. It's poor. It's it's slow. I mean, some of the goals, you listen to the commentary, like some of the goals go in about four miles an hour and the goalkeeper's diving over the ball and everything. They're going, and what a strike that is. And it, I just go to that and I go, dink, and I turn the telly off. It's got nothing to do with whether it's women or it's... it's the, the product is poor. And it's getting rammed down your throat that much. It's like, it makes you even turn against it more. They're saying every game sell out. Every stadium's empty. The stadiums are like less than, there must be 20% full. Yeah. And UEFA's coming out and saying, another sellout, 500,000 tickets sold. Where? Mm. And that's to say, it's like, it, it, when it, when something gets drummed down your throat that much, I mean, Sky Sports are doing stuff, but the, the product is actually a poor, it's poor. And I'd love to know the figures. I'd love to know the figures, the actual true figures of who's watching it and who how many's watching it on the television, because I guarantee they'd be lying. See, I, so this is where I, I come in playing devil's advocate. I, I have to agree with you, right? I, I on the goal, I've always had an issue with the goalies. I don't know why. It's just it's like a proper Sabutio goalie. It's like they, it's yeah. just they, like they move in slow motion. Their arms in that one position. You know what I mean? It's, it is a bit like a Sabutio goalie. But let's if we take a step back, right? Amazing to to give. So I talk about representation with with my son. Um, um, son's mixed race, his two heroes, Lewis Hamilton um, and, and Trent Alexander-Arnold. He doesn't realise it yet, but it's probably because they look a little bit like him and they're two heroes. So I, I love the idea of young girls being able to watch TV and see people that look like them playing a sport that they love. So I love, I love that side of it. But then you're looking at it from a technical perspective. And there is a massive, massive drop off. There's no, you know, the the speed of the game is slower. It, technically, it just doesn't it doesn't seem quite right to what we're used to. So, rather than just go, yeah, it, I mean, it look, it, it, it's a it's a substandard product versus what we're used to. But, Jim, is it not fair to say that that is a big leap that the women have to take to try and oh, get anywhere close move, to it? Yeah. And and how can how can it it's get just, better? Is it just, it's it's more funding? It's more exposure? It's better coaching? Like what what is it to, it to is, bridge that gap? Well, it's uh, the 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 sands of time turn slowly, don't they? So for anything to get from here to here takes time. So where the women's game was, where it is now is it's it is phenomenal growth and and what people are seeing now what you've got to understand is now what do you you know from a from a marketing point of view do you call starburst starburst or do you still call them opal fruits because when they first changed everyone was up in arms weren't they but things change and then things get better and you get used to it so now that the more footballs on the telly for young girls and females they're going to be starting earlier. 
you know, they're starting at four or five now, whereas before they're probably 12, 13, 14, 15. So they're not going to have that technicality where most professionals start really young. It's very rare a professional footballer, any gender, starts at a later age. <clears throat> so the more that that's going, the more that they'll be playing, more clubs will be getting, more affiliations, more money pumped in, better sponsorship. You know, within in our lifetime, Hopefully that that you know the standard will be will be right up there, uh, and people will be and people will be more technically. Um, Jim, uh, right up there with what? Well, isn't it? It's difficult. Will it ever match a, a men's game? I, I can't answer that. The likelihood is no. It's just because of you know physicality and uh, the, you know body types. Will things change? Over time, you know, you see female basketball players and they're like seven foot tall. And, and that, you know, you that a is... female basketball or seven foot tall? Oh, several. Played against oh, them. Dunked oh, yeah. on them. <laughs> 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 you want someone on the screens now? He's watching it live now. I'm this red cube, mate. Oh, <laughs> well, that, uh, well, the point is, the more... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But the probably more, be tame compared to some of the yeah, shit you yeah, send us. Yeah, tag, yeah, to be honest. <laughs> the more visible it is, you know, it's only going to get better. So it's I, you know, as as much as I don't watch it, doesn't mean that it's not great that it's there for everyone to watch. So you won't be tuning in for the final tank, no? No, when it's it, it's got nothing. It, if I like if I like something and enjoy something, I watch it whether it's. You know, Love people Island. like it. It's Love good, but exactly yeah. like Love Island. I get, I used to get mocked before I got banned from Twitter. I used to get slaughtered by ex-players who were played with that. I'm watching Love Island. I like it, so I watch it. And it's similar <laughs> with the women's football. You know, it, it's like my Crocs. It's stratospheres behind <laughs> men's football. But what it what slightly icks me is you've got. People who are saying that he's using he's using yeah. Love, yeah, Island right. Love Island terms. Yeah. Everything turned and everything. I actually meant a women's football's not women's football's not his type on paper. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm coupling up with it later. No, but, but it's just it's the, it's the product, mate, and the product is not. In fact, the product's not not good. The product's very very substandard, in my opinion. You know, I watch some of the stuff and I'm like, it, it's not great. And yeah, you know. I hope you know young girls get inspired by it and it improves and improves and improves. But it's you know, you hear people who are talking, you know, you're on Sky Sports saying that it's we need to be to get to where the men's game now. The harsh reality is it will never ever get anywhere near where the men's game is. That's just a fact. That's not me being you know sexist or not. And the fact of the matter is a Liverpool and Manchester City football game in the Premier League. The women's game will never even get close to being that. Most men men's football at any level won't get close to that. So what what just drives me insane a bit is the fact that we get a drum down our throats twenty four seven, and it's not, it's not going to get to where where we're being told it's going. It just won't. So I think we've 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 
done it pretty well. We haven't. There's been no uh, nothing too shocking. I was I was going to ask an additional question there, but I thought that could lead us down a dodgy path. So I'm going to take a step back and say, oh, "Well done, lads." It? It? No, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> it was it was fine. We'll we'll polite uh, politely move on, right? Because we've got a couple of questions that I want to get through before we wrap up, right? And uh, a couple of them are listener questions, right? So the first one, or the next one, I should say, has come in from Collie Emmett. Um, and Collie has asked, what is your favorite retro shirt? And I'll oh. come to you first, Jim, on that one. His was Holland 88 for the record. Oh, no. Is that yours? It's mine. I've got two, <laughs> but that's one of them. Well, then go for the second one, then. <sighs> no, go on. It's on you, Jim. It's yeah, you me. start, Jim. I've got a couple where I've been, you know, I was thinking about this and... Um... Uh, I had a couple of Liverpool shirts back in the day. Remember the yellow and, and yellow, the white and green squared one, like the four squares. Oh, that was a good one. That, that I like was that. A good one, and it had a round collar. I had that oh, one. Yeah. I had a, the Newcastle goalie, the Shaka Hislop goalie one. It was all like bright colours. Uh, but the one I'm going for was the Newcastle away one, the um, like a purple and dark blue one, the hoops, and it had like the the colour white collar mm. and it was circle one. Uh, what play, what, I love this question. People always put up David a picture. Ginola, is it David Ginola? Ginola. Ginola. How do you know I was going to ask that? What it's player do you think David of? Ginola, mate, or someone. Um, but yeah, that, that shirt, I had that shirt. I had quite a few of the Newcastle shirts. And uh, I'd buy that. I've seen it a couple of times. I've said, like, oh yeah, I'd buy that again, you know. Yeah, because they're coming back into fashion now. It's yeah. really cool to wear them. In a tank. You were, Manchester. You were, uh, you were Holland 88. Have you got another one? Ah. Uh, yeah, remember, and I, I don't even know why, but I just used to love the kit. Remember the knowledge kit when you were in uh, Jerry McGoss? It was Jerry McGoss. Yeah, remember Real that? I, I mean, that was a proper. I loved that kit. Um, and then obviously the Liverpool one was the uh, the crown paints one. You know, with the thin. It was the red and the little thin. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. A, that was a, that was a special kit. That. But the, See, the, that had the, the collar, that had yeah. the white collar. It, it had the white yeah. collar, and Liverpool nearly yes. did a remake um, of the same collar when Collie, because I loved Stan Collymore. I told you this before growing up, and they did a season when Collymore joined where they had the same collar, the big yeah, white V neck, yeah. which I, which I loved. The other one I liked was see because I was the same as you, Jim. Before it was bred into you to hate other teams. I used to like uh, I used to like getting footy Get kits. All the kits, don't you? So I had I had same as you, I had Newcastle. I also had the I don't know if you can remember it now. It was Arsenal JVC kit. It was yellow yeah. and it yeah. had the Adidas that blue stripes it, coming down yeah. on the diagonal. I thought that yeah. was tell a class what, one. Tell you what one other you? one I had, the United one that was half and half and it had the tie it had the ties uh, the Cantona one. Was that the black was, one? No, it, there was green and yellow. The I think green and yellow one. Yeah, yeah. that was. Oh, the, I remember. You yeah. have the tie here, so you could tie. Yeah. I have like the tie. Yeah, it's for, it's funny because um, you're looking at these kits now. I'm nearly sure that Arsenal have started to bring back those kits now with the with their new breed. There's a couple of absolute classics. It's funny when you say that, Jim. That yellow and green one. It's like which player do you think of? And, and I'm thinking Cantona there because there was a video of Vinnie Jones absolutely volleying. Cantonar at Sellers Park, and they were in that kit. I don't know if you've ever yeah, seen a no. tank, and you yeah. can see the Cantonar doesn't want to show that he's hurt, so he just does this mad roll and then jumps straight back. Up. <laughs> yeah, I remember uh, the exact one. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's brilliant. Um, the next question that's come in is from Roy Jepson, and Roy is a is a Forest fan. Um, so I'm going to aim this one at you, Tank. Uh, I think he's I think it's tongue in cheek a little bit. Um, 
Roy asks, who will finish higher, Forest or Liverpool? <laughs> well, no, obviously, was he you know. Leicester, Lonnie? What? Did he not say Leicester? No, he said Liverpool. Oh, did he say Liverpool? Sorry, I thought you were Leicester. Yeah. But the second stage to that question, because I think we, I think he's, he's probably taking the piss a bit. Even the most optimistic of Forest fans will probably say, uh, would say Liverpool. There, uh, you've got to be happy with with the business Forest have been doing. Obviously, uh, Nico Williams has, has come in. Uh, good bit of business for them. But well, do you know, do you know what, what I like about what Forest they, they spent a lot of money, by the way. You know, I think this takes their spending up to close to seventy-five million, which is that, that's big money. But do you know yeah. what I like about about what the manager's done is, and I don't want to piss Forest fans off by saying this. I think he's ensured that if 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 and I always say we because I play for the club, you know, I've that long. If we went down this season, Forest are going to be in such a strong position to come straight back up. Because of the because type of players they're buying. Well, he, he signed really good, hungry, talented players like Nico Williams. He's got the left back who uh, from Bayern Munich, who a lot of clubs were looking at when he was at Reading a couple of seasons ago. He's got the centre forward from Germany. He was he was on Liverpool's books. Yeah, yeah, they couldn't. You know, he, there was big, big things about him, um, but we couldn't get a work permit. Caught was that? I'm I thinking right in saying Jamie at Liverpool Forum. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, this kid's he's only is he nineteen twenty? He scored seventeen Bundesliga goals last season. Um so you're looking at the signings what they've made, they've signed a few friends uh, lads from the French league who are all young. The, they've got huge development growth in, in all of them. And I just think you know, if if the which I hope it doesn't happen if Forrest got relegated next season. They've got him from United, another yeah. top sign. What what I like about them is like I Dean Henderson's a better keeper than Samba, the keeper who's uh, who's left, who wants, which was a bit strange really, because he was like a I playoff hero, right. and then play he's it. just gone. I want, I want to go, I want to leave, and you're like, you know, he, he would have went down as a bit of a legend at the club. You say penalties in the playoff, he's he's gone up in promotion and all that, and you kind of like it's a bit of an odd one for me that. But look, mm. he's a French lad, he wants to go back home. But I just think Forrest, what they've done is they've come in, they've got they got the business done early, and. There's, with the plays they've got with Brennan Johnson, I think they're going to be okay for the next five or ten years. Well, I always think, and, and I'll ask this to, to both here, obviously Tank with his Forest connections and, and Jim. Wait, I was born and bred in Nottingham, don't forget. All, all right. Well, you're a Leeds. Well, oh, actually, I only learned that you were a Leeds fan the other day. We've been mates for absolutely oh, yeah. years and you've never said that. Do you just make that up? You're not a Leeds fan, really, are yeah, you? Don't, I mean, don't support anyone. No, I don't support. I mean, I, I'm a football fan, mate. Just love football. Oh God! Look at this guy. <laughs> Fuck it out. What's a what's a realistic aim for these promoted clubs? Is it just you know what I mean? Is it just survival. stay in stay in the league? Survival, survival, hundred percent. Yeah, it's not even for stay up next year, regardless of how much money they spent. Because you know you've got to try. You've got to. You, what what's the other? You know the other side of that coin. Don't spend and go down anyway. So you know you know you're going to get the paramount parachute payments you probably sell the players again and make majority of the money back you've got to you've got to go for it so survival is is the main aim um and anything above that is is a bonus right, i want to finish on unpopular opinions lads and the reason that i, brought, I want to do this is because i i think i thought of one yesterday um and I want to get your thoughts now. This can be football or non-football related. And I'm going to kick off with mine, right? Because, so I'm just going to come out the statement and then I'll give you the context. Barbecues are not worth the hassle. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and I'll give you the context, right? 
I love barbecues. I love the taste of barbecues. I love meat on barbecues. I love everything about barbecues when it's at someone else's house. So when you go into someone's house and they give you the barbecue, happy days, love it. But yesterday, I did a barbecue, cleaned all the barbecue out. So prep is involved. There's quite a bit of it. Clean the barbecue out. Then it's prepare the meat, cook the meat. Come down this morning, the house stunk of smoke. Yeah. You know, there's and then you got to do the big clean up after. But but see the thing is, mate, you can't. It's not a barbecue if it's not a cold bar. You got to do it properly. That's my point. Are you bar? Are you gassing or are you? Proper? No, no, none of that. You got to do cold barbecue. Otherwise, it's an outside oven. It's an outside hob, isn't it? Exactly. So, but I said to I said to the missus there yesterday after we finished. Don't get me wrong. Food was nice and all that. Kids had a couple of burgers. But for all the messing around pre, during, and post barbecue, I actually don't think. They're worth the hassle. And next time, I don't think I'm going to offer it. I'm just going to put it in the oven and deal with the consequences. Uh, do you agree? And what are your unpopular opinions? I don't he, agree. You don't agree? I don't agree, no. I love a barbecue. I've married into a South African family, mate. We'll barbecue every week. Bri, they call it. But Yeah, um, but you probably get to go to the in-laws. No, I'm the, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the cook now. I'm the chef. So it was it was the father in law, but he's 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 passed on the mantle. And it, oh, and it big varies, responsibility. Yeah, and it varies between me and my brother in law. So um, Jonathan does it every every now and again if he's there. But if it's if I'm there early, I'm the one who's doing it. So, uh, but you're the same. I get it. But I, what what I don't like is I don't trust anyone else to do it. So I know I like to barbecue. I know I like my barbecue food. So if someone else does it and they burn or burn stuff, it's like, oh no, that's not for me. So what about you, Tank? But you've half threw me on this because I answered the question, but I forgot to get one, I forgot to get one on you. But on your on yours, I'm hundred and ten percent with you on barbecues, mate. So much so that you know, Jimmy mightn't like this. I've been my cold barbecue and bought a nice no, big outside no, barbecue no, because no. it's a headache, it's an absolute headache. And then especially oh, with barbecue, the- though, is it? It's just a hob. <laughs> yeah, but I know, but at least it's a hob and I can actually cook stuff instead of like charcoal and everything. Because I'll, I'll be honest with you, yeah. I'll, I'll be honest, I've looked at the half and half ones. You get half gas, half charcoal. So, like, if you just fancy a quick blaster, you chuck it on the gas. But if you want a proper one, you get the charcoal out. No, I see, I'm, I'm legit, it's just kind of like one of them where it, I, I, I have a lot of barbecues and ours with the, you know, it's not barbecue though, is it? <laughs> It's not. It's just outdoor oven, which I'm I, yeah. I, I'm glad with it because I can I can lower it down to make sure. Because previous my barbecues were famous for being an absolute disaster with nothing to get at because everything's burnt. You can't turn cold down and say, "Will you just drop that heat a bit, please?" Do you want to do you want a trick? Anyone want a trick? Go on. This is learned from the South Africans. So you put your once you got your coals on there, and they're, they're all obviously getting nice and white. Put your hand over the um, grill, and you you want to get to five shits, okay? So you count how long five shits, five shits. So it's one, two, three, four, five. But then your hand's too hot, shit. Right? Okay. So if you go okay. one, two, shit. Ah, that's too hot. It's too hot. Don't put your food on yet. You've got to wait to one, two, three, four, five. Shit, that's 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 your perfect temperature. Jay, just if any kids are watching this, don't fucking do that. <laughs> Please, dropping five logs at a barbecue. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll, have, I'll have our over, jack like that. It, don't fucking yeah. melt it. You put it over <laughs> over the grill, not on the grill. Yeah. <laughs> what's uh, what's your unpopular opinion, Jim? Because you said you had one. 
I've got football two. or non-football. I've got two. my football one. I said it ages ago before he's had his nightmare season. I said Marcus Rashford was overrated. Never liked him. Didn't think he was any good. And this is I, def- I think stuff. you're getting proved wrong this season on him. No, nah, I think he's awful. And then my awful. second one. Awful. Yeah, I think he's bad. Awful, yeah. Awful. awful. I didn't know you were so venomous about nah. this. Uh, so you're set, on the fence. you're set on the fence about the women's football, but he's telling us now that Marcus Rashford's all yeah. racist. I'd have Rashford right. at Liverpool. I would have Rashford at Liverpool. What for? Running the 100 meter sprint, mate? You can't I play would football. have, Rash- I would have Rashford at Liverpool. Speedboat driver. You're making Speed him sound like he's Chris Akabusi here, Jim. Mate. You know what I mean? Just fucking running in straight lines. Chris Akabusi. He's like Chris, a modern day Theo Walcott. Why, why, why are you going on to Chris Akabusi? He was brilliant. Yeah, Chris Akabusi. He can't play football. Yeah. He can't kick a ball. Well, he was a good runner. Them horses behind you can run, Tank. It doesn't mean they can kick a ball, lad. Who are See, they, mate? Are they your horses? Portraits. Self-portrait, they're, that. They don't mind them. Yeah. And do you know every one of them are retired? It's, it's killed me, that. That's the main man. King's Cave, Dark Seas, Superstar, uh, and Gloria Paris. And then on this one here, I've got all my others here. Are they oh. all still alive, Tank, yeah? Here you go. That's all he's oh, He's a beautiful one, him. And then I've got the other one here. He's running. Yeah. Misses go mad now because they're all. And then I've got they're the other two over there, but I can't reach. Yeah. Now these are all my horses. Yeah. But I've, what have I? The one run or. Yeah. And if you had to pick a favourite, it's got to be Champ is real. Not here, clear the runway. He's won eight out of He's won six out of eight races this season. Superstar, mate. Yeah. Nearly, nearly sold him in. Um, January this year, we just couldn't get to the bottom of him. He had serious, like, nerve issues. Like, he was terrified, which is not ideal for a horse, but he got proper, like, but Laura Morgan, the trainer, I said to her, you're going to have to sell him. He's a pig. I paid 38 grand for him, and I went, just get me 10 grand. And she was like, you messing. She went, you, you haven't seen what he does on the gallops at home. I went, it's on the track where he's got to do it. So she got his wind done, uh, given some TLC, and he's an absolute superstar, mate. He's won six out of eight. Going to go for some big races next season. Right. Well, let, I'm, not, I'm not a gambler. Right. So I'm I'm basically bad luck whenever I gamble. I think the only ever uh, thing I've won was when Richard Dunwoody, I think his name was, Tank, you'll know better than me. He ran yeah, in the yeah, national. Yeah. And he, I think he won me 90 quid and I was at a wedding. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. There's my, there's my <laughs> night paid for. But uh, I, I, yeah, let me know when he's he's racing and I'll put, yeah, I'll put money that. on. Yeah, uh, I'll be real to you, mate. Jim, your unpopular opinion to finish. Birthday cards, Father's Day cards, any sort of card are a waste of money. Yeah. Don't bother getting me in. They stay up for a day, they do my head in, they fall down, and then they get lobbed in the bin. Literally useless. Don't bother. Send me a text. You'd appreciate a text just as much. Just a text, yeah. Text. Let me know you're thinking of me. Yeah. See, it's funny. When you say that, the first person that came to my mind was my mum, right? And she'd be listening. So, hello, mum. But... um. She loves those. Back. She loves those big sentimental cards, where you know usually with anyone else you just re- you don't even read what's in the card and you just look at what they wrote and then that's it. Whereas I know oh. that my mum has, has literally picked those cards out and then she'll just sign it. Lots of love from from mum and Tom. What about you, Tank? Are you a card? Um, I can't no, say I'm, you're not a card giver. I'm with Jimmy there. I mean, I don't even used to read the cards. 
when I was young, you'd open it and if there wasn't a 10 or 20 yeah. out of it, it's gone. Yeah. Who's that yeah. from? I don't know. There's no money in it. It doesn't matter yet. <laughs> but ten no, of back in our day, mate, it was coins taped in the inside. Was, yeah. like feel them, coins. You feel them. Yeah, but no, I'm with them cards. I'd not to waste the time. I'd rather just send it. Yeah, happy birthday. Happy birthday, Jimmy. Get them fucking crocs off before we cut your feet off. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got them on? Look at this. Look, Look at this. Delighted with himself. Not in sport me. mode, though. Not in sport mode at the minute. No. <laughs> Jimmy, can I just ask you if they, if they actually got Crocs written on the side there? Yeah, lad. Look there. Look. See, Jamie, I can't. I can no longer do this podcast. <laughs> You're not having not them, only mate, no. not only has he got Crocs on, he's got Crocs written on the sides, and they're like, <laughs> hold on, like hold the, on. I, I have something in the way, Have you written? Have you written that yourself, Jim? No, 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 no. It's chopped oh, out. Sorry, it's like cut out, lad. Look, okay, I'll show you. Okay. I'll take them yeah, off. Go on. Oh, oh dear, Jesus, mate. they're smelly, then, dear mate. Me. <laughs> Fucking hell. Oh. Let me get a photo of that because I'm going to use oh. that. Put that back up there, Jim. Jesus, put put it up. Oh, Mansfield, Mansfield Carnival top. Penalty taker, these were 70 miles per hour at the weekend. Wearing them, no, actually, I took them off. Did it barefoot? <laughs> you get some ping if you were wearing them, mate. You'd be like, going to fly like away back in the day. <laughs> big toe buds, Jesus. Uh, lads, last thing before we go, tank. I was going to try and set us up a fantasy football league for the podcast. What do you reckon, mate? I'll be honest, your setup this week has been immaculate. You look great. Yeah. You sound great. What do you think about fantasy football? Do you reckon you could use an app and pick the pick the team? Yeah, could. I'll ask Millie to help me. She done this. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> but no, yeah, I'll have, I'll have a go with it. I'll have a go with it. Okay, good man. Uh, Jim, any final thoughts before we wrap up? No, mate. All good. Thank you. Now, good to good great. to chat, boys. Um, so with that, uh, that is enough from us for this week. Oh wait, uh, we, I've got to give a shout one. out to Marvin Baker. We played at the weekend in Naima Vets game and I, I was linking and he said he'd listen if I give him a shout out. So shout out to Marv. Linking again at the weekend we were. Jimmy McCarthy, Marv Baker goal. Like the good old times. How did you that, play, was that the foot? That was the list. It doesn't matter how they played. We've seen yeah. the picture. It's the, it's the ginger albinos 11. <laughs> yeah, the fact the 50s. The fact the 50s. Right, the Lads keeling over after. It was like Steve Staunton. Yeah. Remember Steve Staunton in the front? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was I'll give you that. On 4G as well. My hamstrings today are tight. You see, do, you, do you play well, lad? I did Still all right, going. you know. I did all right. Tailed off at the, towards the second half, but uh, you know, I was uh, goal and two assists. You can't ask for much more than that, can you? No, well, no, two no. goals, two assists, but who's counting? <laughs> no, you, no. you count <laughs> massively. So, yeah, yeah uh, right. Uh, with that, that is is definitely enough from us. Uh, thank you to everybody for listening or watching. Um, thank you to everybody that sent in the questions. I actually love getting the, the listener questions because it makes people feel like they're part of the show and we want you to be part of the show. So keep them coming. As uh, as always, send us in your feedback. We love reading the feedback and, and hearing that people are enjoying. And look, if you want to hear us do more things, uh, you've got some ideas for shows. Send them in. We're more than happy to uh, to accommodate. One ask from me, if you don't mind, um, if you see a link posted to our YouTube page, if you wouldn't mind subscribing, we're painfully close to our first milestone, which was getting us to a thousand subscribers on YouTube. And and if you've listened to past shows, you know that that means that we'll start doing the live shows on YouTube, which will be a bit of crack. So um, yeah, if you don't mind, give us a subscribe on there. As always, I hope you have a fantastic week. 
Look after yourselves and we will all be back with you next week on the Boot Room Podcast. All the best. Cheers, lads. Cheers, lads.